0: Have you considered incorporating some form of physical activity into your life, but feel like you don't have the time or just don't know where to start? Today we break down exercise and discuss simple tips for a more active lifestyle. You're listening to Sam and Dave, and this is Primal in Performance.
1: I'm Sam. And I'm Dave. We both work in the healthcare
0: field with over 25 years of combined experience caring for patients. While working with patients over the past year, we both started to notice that a number of patient issues stem from behavior changes made in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. So we decided to do
1: a podcast series to help people make positive lifestyle changes and work towards becoming the best
0: version of themselves. Each week, we break down a specific topic impacting health, and we discuss simple strategies, tricks, and tips that people can use to help enhance their lifestyle.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Primal Performance. Last time we were talking about new normals. This time we're going to get into movement and exercise. So,
0: Sam, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm good. How are you? Swell. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like we mentioned uh, in the last one, obviously the health benefits of physical activity are uh, endless. So, I mean, getting back to normal is obviously important. And we touched on last time that prior to the pandemic, there were some people who were doing regular scheduled physical activity, and then there were others who weren't. So for those who this pandemic interrupted, obviously they may be having uh, issues. Some of them are doing okay. Some of them have just given up completely just because of lack of uh, access. I think this can be helpful for people who, again, are trying to get back to normal, but also for people who have, even prior to this pandemic, have thought about trying to get uh, more physically active and to improve their health. Any small change in physical activity, it can lead to significant health benefits. For example, reduced cardiovascular risk, decreased risk of diabetes, decreased risk of cancer, decreased risk of hypertension or high blood pressure, obviously weight management and decreased instances of obesity. It improves your mental health, reduces your risk for anxiety, depression. It also improves your bone health and also can reduce your risk of premature death. Physical fitness will benefit everyone, but I think it's important to um, approach it from a beginner's aspect. Would you agree? Because I think the people who are listening to this, that you were already engaged in it before, they probably don't need our input. So I think we should probably keep it simple.
1: Yeah, for sure. We can definitely give out some easy guidelines and things like that. The one thing I come across all the time, because this is kind of our field, right? One thing everybody seems to want, whether if they have a core mobility or not, is they want a magic bullet. And exercise is really probably about one of the closest things to a magic bullet as you can get, as long as you're able to do it. So many of the issues that we come across can be minimized just through exercise and nutrition, and that is really probably not a surprise to anybody listening, but we want to be able to identify what exercise should look like, because it's a very broad uh, definition. You have told me at one point, some docs go out there and be like, hey, just all you need to do is exercise. Okay, great. What does that mean? So right. do you have anything in specific for us? Some of the guidelines that you give people when you're asked that question?
0: Right, for sure. So I'll start with the guidelines that are recommended, and then we can talk about the reality-based approach. So the, yeah. the minimum recommended time for physical activity for people between the age of uh, 18 to 64, so they should be getting a minimum of 150 minutes a week of moderate to vigorous aerobic activity. Um, we'll talk a bit about what that means in a bit. They should also be engaging in uh, some sort of resistance training that engages the major muscle groups such as weightlifting or body weight exercises. Uh, And then the other thing that's important is when we think of physical activity is our sedentary lifestyle, for example, screen times, and it's actually recommended that people get no more than three hours of screen time a day. And that that's supposed to include. TVs, cell phones, video games, and computers. Now, the reality is people who work, most people are getting way more than that as far as screen time. I know I am for sure. So that's a hard one to address, but there are some tricks that we can talk about later on for that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really hard, especially given our society, given everything that we do currently, so much is in front of a screen. It is shocking. I know I've had clients come in and they say, okay, I have to work sitting in front of my TV for, you know, four hours. I might get up and then uh, go back at another four hours and continue on. And that's hard. I know we were talking about some of the guidelines and a really common one out there is the 10,000 steps a day. Right. right? And I don't know if you've ever tried this. But trying to get 10,000 steps in all at once does seem to be a little bit daunting. But if you break it up throughout the day, it really isn't that hard to figure out and to try and do. So it's, it's actually pretty easy. And I feel like that's a pretty simple
0: number that people can look at. We look at something that we call NEAT. So the NEAT, uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: What all it stands for is the time that you're really not sitting. It can be just normal, everyday movements, walking around, cleaning things up, going up and down stairs. It's a simple way to start bringing up some of those periods of inactivity.
0: So I I would agree with you about getting the steps. One, this is a trick and kind of a a tip that I was going to mention, is that what's encouraged and what I usually recommend for people to do is when they're at their computers and they're doing their work, take breaks frequently and during those Mm -hmm. breaks, take that time to walk to the kitchen, or if you have time to go for a quick walk around the block or, you know what I mean? Or even just walk around the office area. So that's another trick that people can use to get those steps in to get that activity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Those are great. Taking the stairs, parking a little bit further away from the parking spot. Like if you're having to go in the grocery store, that kind of thing. If you take public transit, getting off the stop one stop earlier, All those little things make a huge, huge difference and start getting people going. Now, you mentioned before, I believe it was 150 minutes a week of vigorous exercise, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what should we count as vigorous?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, again, what I generally tell people is moderate to vigorous. So, for example, if you're going for a walk, your ultimate goal over time should be to get to a point where you're walking or whatever physical activity you're doing, your aerobic activity that you're doing to get to a point where you're breathing uh, a bit heavier, but still able to carry on a conversation. Is that similar for you?
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. We call that the talk test, right? Right. So, you know, you should be able to say most of a sentence anyways, mm-hmm. like the the general consensus is usually, if you can't get out more than three words, that's pretty intense, right? So anything over three words and around a sentence is usually a pretty good estimate as to how hard that you're actually
0: working. Right. right. And that's exactly what I would tell people to do to kind of gauge mm-hmm. it. For those who
1: really want to get into it, heart rate is also something that's mm-hmm. you know, quite simple. You know, Most people know how to take their heart rate, or even if you do have one of those Apple watches or fancy watches, they usually have it as well. So 150 minutes throughout the week, how do we, how should we do that? What are your thoughts on it? How should we break that up? Should we do 150 all at once, or should we kind of, you know, break it up a little bit smaller chunks? How many days in a row should I do? What should we look at?
0: No, absolutely. My recommendation for people is this. So, this is kind of my own guidelines. This is what I follow and what I usually recommend to people. So, I always say that the average person, And I'm talking like, you know, the the average mom, the average dad really should aim for working out or doing some sort of physical activity three to four times a week. I, I know there's people that say, oh, you should try to work out every day. You should try to do things every day. And if that's what you need to do to get those minutes in, right, if you want to break it up that way, then that's fine. Now, as far as how long to exercise or to do an activity, my minimum would be at least 20 minutes consistently. And again i know that there's different views on that people will say it doesn't really matter and to a certain extent it doesn't in terms of calorie burning it doesn't really matter but in terms of increasing your performance i would say that it does matter would you agree with that
1: yes and no well that's why you're here (laughs) so let's do this
0: so there is a
1: little bit discrepancy with that I think really it does depend on the individual. I would say you're right that for most people, if you are starting out, uh, 20 minutes is a good time frame because it takes a little bit to get the feel of that intensity and what you should be doing. For those that have been training for a lot longer and are pretty advanced in the training age, they can get pretty decent workouts in even 10 minutes or under. But again, the intensity has to be somewhat high. And typically, if you have somebody who knows where their levels are, they can jump to that point relatively quickly. I don't know if you follow along with the Royal family. Prince Phillips was, I think, 99 at the time of his death. Still pretty trim, still pretty mobile, didn't use a walker. Of course, he has all the resources. But he did emphasize that one training regime that he used was something that they call 5BX. So it was an 11-minute workout that included exactly what we're talking about, uses of all of the main muscle groups, along with the six-minute cardiovascular component. And this he said anyways thought was very beneficial and believe it or not this was actually made up by a canadian in world war ii dr orban i believe but there's been a whole bunch of different research out there and there's been different types of these programs all over the place there's so many different ways to get this in i think you can get a little bit too much of paralysis by analysis here by trying to figure out exactly what to do so i think based upon what we've talked about Just making it as simple as possible is great. Walking is great. Trying to walk fast is great. Running in the spot tends to be good too. Jumping jacks, anything like that. Anything to kind of get the heart rate up. You know, try a few squats, push-ups, and you're pretty much good to go. So I don't think you have to make it too hard, but do know the general guidelines. We want to have somewhere around that 20-minute mark. We want to be able to get our heart rate up high enough so that we can uh, get that talk test down. You don't always need to have exactly 20 minutes based upon the training age. But for those that are just starting out, it's a great recommendation to start
0: there. No, and I would agree 100% in terms of people who are experienced and and understand the concept of intensity, uh, then yes, 100% they could get their exercise in, in less than 20 minutes. But yeah, like you mentioned, for simplicity's sake and for people who are starting out, I would say that they should be starting at a, a minimum of 20. But I, like I said earlier, if you can't get that 20 minutes in, and you can only spare 10 minutes, then do the 10 minutes because anything yeah. is better than nothing. And it does That's add true. up over time, especially in terms of calories burned, because I mean, if especially if your goal is weight management, if your goal is weight management, then yes, any kind of physical activity is going to burn calories you know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. if, if you have to get it in little small chunks throughout the day, then that's great. And just a quick comment. Uh, you were mentioned talking about certain exercises. So I'm an ex-military guy. Burpees is also excellent. Everybody hates them, but they're excellent for getting their cardiovascular work in. Perfect.
1: Not, not all of us are as intense as uh, as the military guys, but
0: that's good. So I always say that the average person should aim for working out three to four times a week. I, I, what are your thoughts on that? For beginners, yeah. again, for beginners, this is I'm yeah. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm talking for people who are either trying to get back into it or as beginners.
1: Yeah, I'll kind of separate it out like that. For beginners, definitely, I think you said three to four. I usually recommend every other day, so it falls right in with those guidelines. Most people are usually sore after. Some people get that what we call DOMS, which is the late onset muscle soreness. That usually comes in 24 to 72 hours after the fact. So usually the next day people are pretty sore and when they go ahead to The following day after their day off, it's usually recommended that they try a different muscle group than what they were doing previously or movements that involve different muscle groups. So that is usually a great recommendation. In between, if they want to do something, I usually have them go walking or do a little bit of mobility work, that kind of thing. For those that are, again, have a higher training age and those that are trying to progress with, especially with specific skills, you can do something called high frequency training. I can't remember if we said that you had done the same point in time, but it is kind of cool. So the one thing that people like um, say they have a goal of increasing pull-ups. It's like, ah, I want to do a pull-up or I want to do five pull-ups or whatever it might be. So every time that you go into a room with a pull-up bar, do one or two or do what you can. And sooner or later, you end up getting to the point where you can do lots of volume. So that it's kind of the high-frequency training you can do every single day but you have to keep your volume while you're doing it quite low. So it's usually not something that we recommend
0: at first. Yeah, and, and, I would, and I would agree with that because I did do that before. And I agree yeah. with you about the keeping your intensity and your reps low because what happened to me was when I was overseas, I did pull-ups every single day and I ended up partially tearing my bicep. So I don't train like that anymore. I generally switch muscle groups like, like you mentioned, I'm but kind of, you did of, have to walk sideways to fin the door though. Right? I did. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. my, my arms were yeah. jacked until I partially tore it. But yeah,
1: you do have to watch. So that, that actually kind of leads me back into uh, another question. What should people look for when they are starting a new exercise program? to know, hey, are they pushing too hard? Am I doing too much? Have you come across any guidelines that you give for people to watch out, to know, hey, maybe you just wanna take it easy for a little bit?
0: Yeah, so as far as guidelines, I'm sure there are some out there, but there's not many that I'm aware of off the top of my head right now. One of the reasons why I encourage people who are fairly novice at exercising to only do the three to four days a week, and part of that reason is to avoid overtraining. So I always tell them to avoid overtraining by not, doing it too frequently and too intense at the beginning the problem with doms i find is especially for people who have no experience with physical activity is they experience that pain especially like if they do something because i'm one of those people even now i mean i've been working out for like years and years and years when i do legs like two days later i cannot walk that's the muscle group in me that i always get doms in okay um so, I wonder why you walk like that sometimes. Well, yeah. So it's the worst, but I find for people who are new when they experience that, that can be a turnoff as well. So I think it's a, it's a, a lot of it has to do with education and, and letting them know that they are going to experience that. And that is normal. Yeah. And then kind of meeting their expectations. I've had people come in again, we work in physiotherapy, so we deal with pain with movement all the time.
1: And some people will actually go the exact opposite way with doms so they'll feel like they're not even doing a workout until they experience that soreness just to be clear there is no correlation with doms and increases in anything whether it be muscle size performance nothing like that sometimes people use it as a check be like yeah you crushed my arms today right it's not necessarily how it
0: works I I will say that I'm not always like that, but there are times where if I feel like I've done an intense workout and then I don't have that the next day, then yes, I I do feel like I didn't hit it as hard as I should have.
1: I should have went harder. Uh, Going back to your point before, that's usually actually where we see the overtraining is not actually how much that is that you're doing, but when your recovery point is way down. So going along with that, the recovery is really, really important. A few key things that I use in clinic myself is that you never want to have pain at a joint line. Okay. So pain at a joint line is usually not good. There is no muscle bellies usually at joint lines, so you won't experience stomps there. So if it's right over top of the knee or right over top of the top of the shoulder, not a good thing. And then the recovery time should be pretty quick. So early on, we want to be able to see that you can recover in a matter of about 24 hours and then after that we want to feel like you can be somewhat recovered in a matter of under two hours okay so if you have sharp pain at the joint or you're feeling like too kind of overly fatigued after a couple hours especially after you like eat a meal or something like that you might want to watch how much of it that you're doing at first no i would Wait agree here.
0: if you aren't recovering or you are feeling overly fatigued and of course you're going to feel fatigued especially if you're starting out but if you exercise and you feel fatigued and you're feeling like you're more fatigued than you feel like you should, then I would skip a day of exercise. And if you feel like you've recovered, then you're probably not overtraining. It's probably just the regular fatigue of exercise. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, that's right. So the fatigue standpoint is one thing. Like if it's just a general fatigue, no big deal. If however, you're feeling like, you know how you just, you will use your arms, for example, for those that, you know, nobody's really seeing this, but the Sam is really showing off his guns here. Okay. That's okay. Um, for those that are, you know, really training, say your arms, for example, you will feel like that muscle soreness in the arms, say your biceps, whatever. When you're working, that soreness should be limited about a couple hours after the fact. It still might be sore or you know muscle fatigue, but it shouldn't be jacked up the way that was as you were training. Okay. So we can talk about injury prevention for a long, long time. Again, this is my specialty. And we might be doing that in a future episode, but just typical guidelines for people to look at. You don't want to feel any type of pain across the joint line. There will be no doms there, so you don't want to feel that. You want to feel that your fatigue level should be reduced within a day, especially if you're getting good sleep and your recovery uh, processes are pretty good. So you're not, you know, filling up on junk and alcohol and, you know, you're getting pretty good sleep. And for, if you've been training for a while, you should feel that you can recover some of the tissue within about a couple of hours. Not saying that you're not gonna be fatigued, But I'm saying that your fatigue level should be minimized within a couple hours. Right. And I
0: think that's a good spot to start talking about terminology, because I think that's sometimes an issue for people, especially people who are new. They don't really understand what some of these terms even mean. So, for example, you mentioned a repetition, right? So, yeah. So repetition
1: is how many times you can lift the object or move the object or yourself once.
0: That's right. And then a set would be essentially completing several repetitions of a specific exercise, like you said, lifting or pushing something in a row as a set.
1: Yeah, correct. So usually the most common method we see is a three by 10, which is three sets of 10 repetitions. So you do uh, 10 repetitions, uh, say you have squats, you take a break, and that is your one set. You repeat that another couple of times to get your three sets of 10.
0: There is something that I always get asked a lot. I'm sure you get this as well is people often ask, you know, well, how long do I rest between each set? Obviously you and I both know that that all depends on what your goal is. Right? So yeah. um, what's your general rule as far as how long to, to, to rest?
1: Yeah. So there is a ton, a ton of science on this and I tend to be a little less traditional and following the exact guidelines. So say let's give our three sets of 10 again. Uh, So say if you get done your first set of 10 repetitions, I say when you feel like you can complete the next set of 10, go ahead and start. So it's a rough estimate. People really won't know. And this is actually a great way to help people define too what intensity is. So say if they're doing like a set of 10 and they're done and within a matter of five seconds, they think that they can repeat it again and they do. Well, you're probably not working at the amount of intensity that you need to be. If it's, you know, you've taken a break for a couple hours, usually not that long, but say you've taken a break for even like five minutes, probably it might be a little bit either too heavy for you or you're really kind of, you know, negating the effects of the exercise.
0: Yeah, I would agree. So typically I say 30 to 90 seconds between sets. Now, again, I will say that if you feel like you need more than 90 seconds, then take more than 90 seconds. But I mean, you really shouldn't be going much more than that generally, I would say. And then I also would let people know that as you become more accustomed to an exercise, you're usually able to decrease the rest time in between. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's something out there called rate of perceived exertion or RPEs. I don't think we really need to get into that. We can keep going on and on forever mm-hmm. with some of these things. But you know, if you are interested, look at uh, rate of perceived exertion. or or you can just simply go by when you feel like you can do the set again, go ahead and give it a try. Try not to be like too long and if it's too short, you're making it too easy on yourself.
0: That's right. So what's the general rule as far as how much weight should I be using it? Like, for example, if I'm lifting a weight or I'm pushing or pulling something, what type of weight should I use? What do you usually tell people?
1: Yeah, we use quite a few systems in clinic for it that I won't really get into because it's kind of in depth. but. You kind of, especially if you're new to it, you really want to start at lightweight. And if it's too easy, great. Just increase it next time. There's two other things that I look at, and that is the tempo of how you're doing it. And if you start to lose, say, the technique. If you start to slow down in between repetitions, or if your repetitions start to become a little bit more shaky, well, you'll see it. People will pause at certain sticking points. You're at that end point of your set. You don't want to keep pushing this.
0: I think the key here would be make sure that you're doing it slowly, make sure you're doing the, the movements properly and set simple goals, short-term and long-term. Would you agree, Dave? Yeah. I think the big thing,
1: the big, big thing, if I were to emphasize one point for those that are starting out, make small goals out of your larger goals. So say if you're going to work out for 20 minutes that day, you're going to try and move around for 20 minutes that day. Start by doing five minutes, do five, see how you feel go back and do another five i feel like the best way to get through all these things is to break up the larger goals i would
0: agree and this is my view and i actually tell people this all the time because people will come and will ask me about weight management in my opinion one of the worst goals that you can set for yourself is, is weight based and the reason is that a lot of times people especially if you haven't done any kind of physical activity before if you start exercising, you may not lose weight. A lot of things have weight <laughs> in our body, right? Muscle has weight. Adipose tissue or fat has weight. Our bones have weight. So I don't recommend using weight as a goal. What are, What are your thoughts on that? Would you agree? Yeah.
1: Uh, a six pack isn't made in the gym. It's made in the kitchen. Right.
0: right. And,
1: you know, focus on two things. That is the exercise focusing on the nutrition doesn't have to be great. But, you know, if you're doing a few little things here and there, you're probably going to lose weight. If not, I would say it's a great time to talk to somebody like yourself or other healthcare practitioners, but it really shouldn't be overly complicated
0: yep no i would agree 100 percent there's a couple rules that i tell people and you probably heard these before but these are some simple rules that people especially for beginners so i always tell people like i said you want to work out or, or do some sort of physical activity trying to aim for that 150 minutes of aerobic activity with two days of resistance training three to four times a week and With rest in between. Like you said, your every other day approach is a great approach. Try not to go more than three days without exercise. Once you've gone that three days without exercise, it's very hard to get back on the horse, so to speak. Another thing that people do often is they'll delay their start. So if you're planning on making a healthy lifestyle change, what are you waiting for? Right? Like, just do it. Just just do it.
1: Yeah, if we're going to make it really simple, I think one of the most simple things is once you realize you've been sitting on the couch or, you know, at the kitchen table, if you can, after 20 minutes, get up, move around.
0: Yep, I would agree. Just get moving. Exactly. Because like we mentioned earlier, something is better than nothing, right? Even if it's even if it's something as simple as getting up to stretch, because posture and your body mechanics is, you know, super important.
1: Or you can always come to Griffiths Performance Physiotherapy at 14 Front Street North and let us show you how we can help you move to the next level.
0: Absolutely, you can. Let's say someone's listening right now and and we've kind of piqued their interest and and they're looking forward um, to starting making some healthy lifestyle changes What would you recommend as far as exercises or activities that they can do that are easy, that don't require a gym? We kind of mentioned some. So walking, hiking, we mentioned the burpees, push-ups. What would you recommend? Yeah,
1: it gets to be a complex question again because it's based upon, you know, the individual themselves. they, They do have any balance issues, injury issues. Um, anything like that that's going on. Usually walking is the best place to start walking or some sort of gait-like pattern. So that means it could be walking, could be climbing stairs. It could be running up hills. It could be running, although not everybody's a big fan of running. It could be biking. You know, anything where you're moving forward through the environment is a great place to start.
0: Yep, I would agree. And I think the other key thing is, especially for people who are starting out, is finding something that they enjoy. You got to find what works for you because if you don't, you're not going to stick with it. If, if, if it feels like a chore to do it every time, you're not going to do it.
1: Yeah, I would say if you feel better after doing it, then it's probably something good for you. And once you start seeing those results, that's what kind of motivates people.
0: I would agree. I always say I hate working out, but I love how I feel after, right? Yeah. So the act of actually doing it, I'm never super excited about oh i gotta go work out but after i finish working out and i've taken my shower i feel like a million bucks you're not going to enjoy it generally at the beginning but it's important to know that as you get better at movements as you get used to the movements it does become a little easier and you actually find that you seek it out and seek out other uh, movements and other things you can try that that's been my experience and the experience of a lot of people that i've dealt with
1: yeah absolutely Um, so yeah I feel like that's a lot of info for those new ones out there who are getting started. Hopefully that kind of gives a a little bit of a recap on just kind of what movement can do for you and the simple things that are out there for you
0: and other things that you can try. That's right. And I think uh, the key is start simple, start very slow. If you feel like you need a day off, then take a day off. Don't wait. Don't wait till Monday. Start now. And before you start any, physical fitness activity you should always speak with your primary health provider to make sure that you don't have any underlying conditions that can be exacerbated by these new movements just for your own safety and just as a disclaimer for us well all right and as always thanks for listening be sure to catch our next episode where we simplify the complex topic of nutrition with the help of a special guest we'll discuss simple tips and strategies for making healthy diet choices while still enjoying the food you love You're listening to Primal and Performance.